Hey, it's Freddy Cruz, and I've made it my job to share with you the stories of individuals, businesses, and organizations that make the greater Houston area great. And when it comes to animal advocacy here in the Space City, Cappy Munzer is a pioneer. As one of the founding members of Citizens for Animal Protection, known affectionately as CAP, a privately run animal shelter in West Houston, she's dedicated her life to helping save the animals. Cappy graciously invited me into her home for this conversation, in which we cover CAP's humble beginnings, her time in the Texas Humane Legislation Network, and the importance of feral cat programs. And if you enjoy this conversation, please do me a solid and share with your family and friends and sign up for the newsletter letter at cruisethroughhtx.com. Hi, I'm Ed Sheeran. This is Bruno Mars. Hey, it's Katy Perry. This is your man Flo Rida with Freddie Cruz. This is AJ Mitchell with Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Freddie Cruz. Yo, let's go pick Mr. 305 and you already know what it is. My name is Freddie and it's time to cruise through HTX. I work on the marketing team for Citizens for Animal Protection. And every time I walk through that building, I am reminded of just how beautiful humanity can be. And it's not just because of the people I work with and the people who turn in animals that they found abandoned or as strays. It's not my coworkers. It is the coworkers. It's not all that. It's the fact that this all started with with your vision. You just wanted your cat back. <laughs> How did you know that, <laughs> Freddie? I talked to the right people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Um, my husband and I uh, uh, went to Florida uh, twice a year uh, where my dad lived. And back in those days, I mean, in the, in the 60s, people never thought about, you know, we had indoor-outdoor cats, you know, indoor-outdoor dogs. Well, dogs were always pretty much indoors, but the cats particularly were indoor-outdoor. And so now we know better but um, to keep them safe, they need to be indoors. But anyway, um, I had at that time, the day before we left, there was a beautiful, big, fluffy orange cat that came in in my backyard. I had never seen him before. And so I said, okay, buddy, if, if I get back here and you're still here, I'll take you to be neutered and I'll keep you. We'll keep you. So... We went on our trip, and I had another orange kitty, and so my neighbor's little boy, 12 years old, was taking care of my cats while I was gone, my neighbor right next door there. And so um, when I got home, I could not find my cat, the one who belonged to me, who we had named Limpy, because when he was astray and when I found him, his leg was already broken. And, and the vet could not fix it, so he walked around with like a, a bent wrist like this. But anyway, um, when I got home, my neighbor, I couldn't find Limpy. The other cat was here, but not Limpy. And so I, I asked my call, my neighbor, I said, I, and she said, well, Cappy, you know, I, I called the, the pound because um, my son got scratched. And I said, oh, my heavens. So my husband and I dashed off, we, we called the pound, and I said, listen, if I bring the real culprit, uh, can you give me my cat back, the one that belongs to me? Because <laughs> this is a stray. So they said, sure. So anyway, I had to kind of fool him and trap him into getting to a cage. So my husband and I went over to the pound. At that time, it was called the pound because it was a pound. It was not a humane shelter. And so 
sure enough, they gave me my my cat, Limpy, back, and they took the stray that had been here. And so while we were there, my husband and I saw a mama Siamese cat and her kitten. And so guess what? We brought them home with us. And then I got to thinking, I said, you know, Al, if we don't go back and get that stray cat, you know what's going to happen. They're going to put him down. Mm-hmm. And I said, let's go back and get him. So so we went all the way back, such a long way. We got him back, and we brought him home, and he became a wonderful pet from then on. So And, and so after I had that experience of going to the pen to answer your question, um, I I was shocked at how many dogs, beautiful dogs, all kinds of breeds of dogs were there. And I, it just broke my heart. There weren't so many cats there, but there were a lot of dogs, and it upset me so much. And I, I called a, a dear friend of mine who, at that time, had been on the board of the Houston Humane Society. And I called her, and, and I said, what can we do about this? We've got to do something about all these dogs in that city shelter. So she said, well, call Citizens for Animal Protection. They had been just formed in 1972, and they were actually actually together, gotten a group of volunteers together uh, to bring a lawsuit against the city for the deplorable conditions there. And so she put me in touch with CAP, and I went to the first meeting, and it wasn't long after that, in 1974, I said, why don't we start our own adoption program? Because at that time, the shelters uh, had very few standards, and the city was in deplorable condition. So we started our own adoption. As many volunteers, uh, we went out to, to shopping malls, to parks, to any place who would have us, and took our animals for adoption. They were all spayed and neutered. We were the first um, uh, humane organization to uh, require a spay and neuter of every animal and, and adoption standards. And so we did adoption screening. So um, we kind of set kind of a pioneer in that area of, of adoptions. And also, at that time, we began a program at the uh, VA hospital, it was, it was, uh, we were assisted by two medical doctors and two veterinarians, and they guided us, you know, how to do it, what to do, and so forth. So we, again, CAP was a pioneer in, in beginning the pet facilitated therapy program. I'd love to piggyback on what you talked about with regards to having just standards. Yes. Because... We've come a long way. Oh, a long way. I mean, way. such a long way. And I feel like there's still such a long way to go Absolutely. when you look at some of these videos that you see on if you, anybody who spends enough time on social media that right. looks at animal videos will eventually see deplorable conditions Absolutely. in which dogs and cats are subject to. But we've come a, a really long way. So why why was it important to to you all to um to adopt these adoption standards and have people fill out a simple application. Was there pushback? Was there not pushback? Was it more like, oh, Cappy, thank goodness someone's finally doing this? Oh, um, it was it was hard. The, the, those first um, years were very hard. And, um, um, you know, it, it, w- it was difficult because there were uh, 
today we're so fortunate because we have so many rescue groups and so many breed rescue groups. And it, it was not that way back then. We were like the only ones doing the right thing, requiring mm. adoption screening. And we, we wanted to make sure that these animals didn't multiply and put more animals on the street. And so I don't recall there was any pushback, mm. but they probably thought we were crazy people <laughs> because, because we, we were uh, so upset about the conditions at the city pound. And, mm-hmm. and we had actually the lawsuit was brought before I got involved. And I got involved in CAP in 1974, and I, I saw that there was such a need, and we began our own adoption program, and like I say, we had the first screening of people. And, um, you know, back in those days also, one of the things I recall is that the men who would come with their wives, and, and they would say, no, no, I'm not having that animal neutered, no way. That has changed completely. It is totally accepted now, yeah. which is just great, you know, and, and it's accepted pretty much nationwide that right. the animals need to be spayed or neutered. It's actually good for them. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, for the males particularly, because if they smell a female in heat, they're gone, and that you might that might be one way you're going to lose your dog because he's going to go running after a female in heat. And who knows so, if it gets run over or something? I know, you know? exactly. Yeah. And then also the prostate cancer, uh, which um, is is uh, uh, something that happens to the intact males, not all of them, but quite a few of them. And so veterinarians do recommend neutering uh, to prevent that from happening. You've got the adoption standards that have been set, the protocol, the the, the forms that you got to fill out. And I imagine back then, these were just animals. Like, oh, it's only a cat. Oh, it's only a dog. What What are you crazy animal people up to now? And then you have someone come in that's like, that actually wants an animal. And, yes. and they're like, well... It's only an animal, Cappy. Why are you making me fill this paperwork out? I'm ju- I yeah. just want that. Yeah. Can I just have it? No. no, we never had that. No. Really? No, we never got that kind of pushback. Um, Love that. Yeah, no, we didn't. I mean, they, they were like, okay, you know, we'll do it. And <laughs> the animals that were six, six months or older, um, and, and now, of course, we neuter at eight weeks of age. And some vets were doing that back then, but not all of them. But, um, but no, we, the people who came to, to see us with the animals, they were very nice people. And, you know, they didn't, they didn't say that, like, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we want that animal. And so, because, you know, And I asked that because it seemed like that was kind of par for the course with the city pound back in the day, that if you just wanted an animal, well, yeah. adopt these animals, get them out of our our system, or else we're just going to have to put them down. Exactly. And the animals who are not being neuter- neutered mm-hmm. uh, are spayed coming from the city. And the same was happening with the private shelters that existed back then. And so we we were the first to do this, like I say. and And it wasn't Long after, I mean, it was a number of years, but not long after that, that um, the other shelters began to say, well, you know, if they're doing that, we better start doing that too. And so, you know, I, I think that CAP just set the standards uh, 
for 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 adoption, and my kitty is trying to jump in my lap right now. <laughs> I am taking video. There is video proof right now. Rusty's butt is in the cameras <laughs> is in the camera shot here. <laughs> that is great. And this is Bella. Hi, Bella. This is Bella. Uh, I adopted Bella from Cat right when she was eight. eight Look at eight, that. Eight months old. And she is the joy of my life. And see now, Rusty wants to be in my lap, too. They're oh fighting for God. mommy's attention, aren't they? <laughs> I, I've got another one here that's in my lap, too. Oh, I didn't even notice that. I thought that one was already in the living room. No. Oh, my goodness. So, so oh, Cappy, because, you, yeah, you can't see this, but she's got three dogs and one cat. They're all beautiful, and they're all rescue animals. Oh, yes, they're all from Cap. Yeah. Rusty, I rescued from an apartment complex many years ago. He, he He's... He's about 14 now, and, uh, and of course, he was a foster. You know, what they say, a failed foster, mm-hmm, you know, Freddie. Mm-hmm. So, listen, do you want to get down? Oh, my goodness gracious. Just don't start barking. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's all right. You're okay. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. This is hilarious. None of it's getting edited out. You hear that? You hear that? Oh, oh, you want me to oh carry you? I'll carry, I'll carry you. Yeah, yeah, if you pick him up, he'll stop barking, I think. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm carrying you. Look, you can yeah. see mommy right yeah. here. Rusty, I think, wants to get on the mic, but you don't talk. You do? Oh, you're nuzzling up to the mic. This is this is probably the most fun podcast interview I've ever done. Oh, I tell you, the animals oh love goodness. you, Freddie. Oh. We're, we're, so, we're so happy to have you at CAP. And just, you know, they, I can tell they, they are like, a, you're like a magnet for them. <laughs> well, thank you for that. And I can assure you that I need CAP probably more than CAP will ever need me. You know, we have such a, an incredible community of, of not just donors and supporters, volunteers and fosters. I mean, what could we, I mean, what will we ever do without our volunteer community and these people that are, that are fostering animals and they're freeing up spots in the shelters that, so that we can intake more animals, you exactly. know? Exactly. Oh, I tell you, that has changed also in the fact that there are, are so many who want to be fosters is just so encouraging and heartwarming. And one of the reasons that uh, we opened our first little shelter in 1981 was that all of us volunteers, our homes were full of foster animals. <laughs> and I finally went to the board and I, I said, you know, I said, we have got to have a shelter. We cannot continue to keep all these animals in our homes. It's just too hard. And then to get them out for adoption days, you know, um, and, and set the pens up and get all the, you know, everything you need for adoption there at the site, um, it, w- it was hard. So anyway, in 1981, we had raised $25,000. And that was just from people giving donations to CAP. They loved what we were doing I remember one lady walked by one time and she wrote us a check for $5,000 and I nearly fell over. I mean, it was so encouraging to see how people supported what we were doing. And so in 1981, we opened our first little shelter uh, on the Katy Freeway in the shopping center. And the very first day we were open, I'll never forget, it was in December at Christmas time. And um, the, the first day we were open... For adoptions, we had gotten wonderful news media coverage uh, because this new shelter was opening. And, of course, it was so tiny. But um, anyway, uh, we had uh, 52 adoptions the very first day 
that our shelter was open. So we knew then that we were going to continue, and we did. And we, of course, we had outgrown the little shelter, and so we eventually moved into spots in the very back of the shelter and had a larger facility. So that was how we got started. And, you know, I just feel like CAP has done so much for animals in the community and and the people too you know and we call it uh building a brighter future for pets and people so that was how we started uh, with the shelter and i love i love that this was all done with little to no technology i mean there was no facebook or instagram or twitter you were not putting videos up on youtube uh there were the three big tv channels in the newspaper exactly and and five thousand dollars back in the day was a lot that was probably what more like ten thousand if i had to guess oh i'm sure maybe even more than that Yeah, yeah yeah she this lady was from a very wealthy family in dallas and she just happened to be in town yeah. and walked by and saw us doing our what we were doing, Adoption Day. <laughs> and she sat there and wrote a $5,000 check. So, like I say, we were, we, we, there were four of us who also um, put up uh, some funds to open the little shelter. But, um, but it was the best thing that, that, you know, we ever did was to get started. And, and there again... Um, I'd like to go back to talk about the uh, Veterans Hospital and mm-hmm. <laughs> the Pet Facilitated Therapy Program, <clears throat> which uh, has continued until this day. And now there are so many groups that are doing pet-assisted therapy and individuals doing pet-assisted therapy. And so, um, you know, it, it's such a wonderful thing when you see the people who are um, you know, in in the hospital and in nursing homes, and and they 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 love to see the animals. It really, you know, it gives animals just have something magnetic that makes you feel better when you pet them. You it know, lights you up. <laughs> yes, and lowers your blood pressure yeah. and all of that. Right, right. So the other program I wanted to mention was the feral cat assistance program. Yes, that's a huge one because when you talk about homeless animals, obviously the first thing that kind of comes to mind or not kind of but it does come to mind is dogs, but there are a lot of feral cats out there and a lot of and thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so many. So yeah. what's so impressive about um FCAP, Feral yes. Cat Assistance Program, right. which happens to be the same kind of uh acronym as Citizens for Animal Protection. Yeah. You know, we have the the trap neuter release. Right. Um, and so that's relatively new when you think in terms of how long humans have been around. It's, you know, we, we've just been kind of dealing with the problem. And now, yeah. thanks to you all, I mean, you're really pioneering the, the way we fix things. Yes. We, we started our feral cat assistance program in 1986. And it, it had not been done before. But unfortunately, Back in those days, we we would, if the kittens were maybe 8 to 12 weeks, or we, we would get the kittens off the street and put them in foster homes and then get them adopted. But the, the, the mothers and the fathers who were so feral, um, we, we had to trap them, and then there was no alternative at that time but to put them down. Mm-hmm. And so that's why... Uh, Cindy Shaw and I uh, started this feral cat assistance program 
because there was such a need for it, and it has grown and grown, and I'm so proud of, of what the staff at CAP is doing, continuing to do uh, with our feral cat assistance program, and it's making a huge difference. Absolutely. There's something else that I want to talk to you about, because when you, again, when you walk through Citizens for Animal Protection, if you if you haven't, and you're thinking about adopting an animal, or if you're thinking about going to, a, you know, buying it. We always say adopt, don't shop. But if you're even considering shopping, please, I feel like you owe it to yourself to, at the very least, walk through the doors of Citizens for Animal Protection. It's a beautiful facility. And what you're going to see, it's more than a shelter. You're walking through doors that lead you to this magical spot where it's the the runs there. Yes, there are, they're in kennels, obviously. But then you've got large runs for the larger dogs, so they're not just cooped up in in these spaces for you know twenty three and a half hours. We have volunteers that take them out in this huge backyard. We have a detention pond, so when it's not raining and it's not wet and it's not super hot like it is right now at the time of this recording, uh, the animals go out for for um, for enrichment. They get to interact with each other, socialize with other other animals. There's a big walking track along the perimeter of the of the back. So it's so much more than a shelter. But after you take all of that into account, in addition to Cappy, the fostering and the FCAP and Cornelius Clinic, which is the yes. low cost, high quality veterinary clinic right behind CAP. When you take into account all of that, plus the humane education for kids yes. and the birthday parties. Right, right. A summer camp for kids. Yes. Yes. You still, you still helped advocate for the animals through the Texas Humane Legislation Network. Actually, not still. No. Still. But <laughs> I, 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 we're I have, still. Yeah, yeah, we're. yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I'm not on the board anymore. I was on the board for over 30 years of the Texas Humane Legislation Network. I was president for two years and vice president, I don't know, for, I don't remember how many years, a lot of years. And so we, um, we were going to the Capitol all the time with trying to get our, our, our bills passed and, and we... Kirby, and, it's okay. and, and, and and sorry, sorry, it's and okay. and so um, so yes, and I wanted to go back to um, yeah. what you said about the shelter being a magical place, Kirby. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Maybe, maybe if you can pet him a little bit, he'll be quiet. He wants attention. Is all he wants. He's so so needy. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I thought he wanted to get down for a second. That's why I put him down. Yeah, I I just okay now. Yeah, I wanted to mention follow up on what you said about the shelter, our our new shelter, which was opened and not so new anymore. It was opened in 2011, and um, uh, I when we we spent a year with the architect Dan Boggio, uh, who did all of his work pro bono, which was just phenomenal for us because we could have never afforded to pay his fees but he's an animal lover as is his wife and so he donated pro bono uh, uh, all of his fees and so when we were designing the shelter what I wanted what I visioned was a place where families would want to go where kids would say oh mom Dad, let's go to the shelter today and see the animals. I want it to be a magical place and to get people to come. And so 
I just love when you walk in the door and you can see all the way back to all the beautiful Diane Matley Pet Kingdom Park. And it's we were so fortunate that, that we were able to find... Diane Matley found that property for us in... It's three and a half acres and beautiful property. And... Um, I just, every time I go by there, I go, oh my heavens, I'm so glad we did this when we did, because we'd never be able to afford this anymore, this property. Oh, tell me about it. Prime real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, it really, it really is. So yes, we hope that people will come visit and, um, and, and, and the main thing we'd love to have them do is adopt an animal, of oh, course. Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I got to ask you, though, what would you say? Because in addition to all these things, you did wor- a lot of work with the Texas Humane Legislation Network. What would you say would be one or two things that you're most proud of during all the time you spent there? Well, um, uh, the spay-neuter bill. Um, we, um, we got that bill passed, and it what it did, it required... Um, animals to be, it was the law, to neuter and spay animals that came out of a shelter at six months of age. And so if they were six months of age, we would have them neutered before they went home. If not, the adopters would sign a contract that they would they would do this. And so the spay-neuter bill is, you know, one of the very first bills that we got passed. And and if, you, if we have time, I'd like to tell you a little funny story about that. Uh, my husband used to travel with me sometimes when I went up to, to the Capitol. He enjoyed going up there, too. And so he, he was with me the day that we had the hearing in the Senate about the spay-neuter bill. And I will never forget, we're sitting there, and so they, they go around, they said, does anyone have anything they'd like to say? So my husband raises his hand, and I'm going, oh, my heavens, what is, what is he going to say? He's going to get us arrested. I, I, I never knew what he was going to say. So he stood up, and he said, he said, senators, he said, I really hope that you will pass this bill. My wife has worked so hard on this bill, and it would make my life a whole lot easier. <laughs> And they laughed, and and the bill got passed. So I thank him for helping us get the bill passed. And um, the other one that that was one of the early ones that we worked on uh, was the dog fighting bill, Mm. which, you know, and then the the shelter bill where you had to give an animal, believe it or not, you had to tell people this back in those days. Even today, some people, it blows my mind what they do, but... um, it, it was the shelter bill that um, the Spaniard bill, the um, the, the pit. No, what am I thinking about? Oh, dog fighting bill. That's mm-hmm. what I wanted to say. Yeah, um, and so um, those those were some of the first ones that we did. We also got a riding stable bill, uh, setting standards for horses. Also, oh. yeah. Wow. And um, and what's a riding stable? What, what what does the riding stable bill entail? Pretty much the same um, as the the cruelty act that you know you have to provide good good environment and food and water and shelter and all that kind of thing. Things that nowadays we just take for granted because we hopefully assume or we would think that most people would assume that that's what you need to do to adopt an animal. So, we really have come a long way. Oh, we have. We've, we've come a long way, and I'm, I'm just so grateful to all the wonderful volunteers and, and, and the board, you know, that, um, that we have reached the spot where we've reached. And 
uh, that that you know uh, with our new executive. Well, she's not new anymore. Sandy has Sandy Mercado has been our executive director for five years, and uh, she's really taken the organization and the board. And we're so thrilled about our board because we're getting a number of young people. I mean, in their 30s and 40s that are coming on board. And this makes me feel so good to know that it will carry on, you know, that we have provided for the future. And so it um, makes me want to want to cry to the thing oh. to think you know how 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 we have come from nothing to where we are now. And it's huge because when you talk about those thirties, those thirty somethings <clears throat> and the forty somethings, they've got kids, yeah. and they're going to want mom and dad to get them an animal. And if you know, let's say these thirty somethings and forty somethings went through cap when they were kids. And they know what it takes. Exactly. And um, we are really so happy about the children's program, too. Uh, Love it. And the summer camp that we have for the kids. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the birthday parties, as you said. And it every time, uh, every time they have a birthday party... One animal always gets adopted. At least one always gets adopted. Cappy, 200 years from now someone finds the story of Citizens for Animal Protection in some kind of library or vault of books. What, or in your podcast. <laughs> or in my podcast. What What do you hope they take away from this story? Oh, my heavens. All I can say is that I hope they look upon it favorably and that we made great accomplishments and great success. But there's still, as you said earlier, there's still so much to be done. And Houston right now has just... So many strays in the streets, and um, there, you know, thank thank goodness that we also have this wonderful program that we have with Houston Pet Set, and that is transporting animals up to the Midwest that have been in our shelter a long time, and um, by transporting them, we can have more room to take in more animals, and the people up north. Are, are waiting for them. They want yeah. them. They need them. They have. They don't have the weather like we have, where animals continue to multiply all mm-hmm. year long. You know, so uh, the transport program I think is is a wonderful program that was developed a few years ago. Cappy, I've got to tell you, it has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to get to speak with you. I've read the articles and seen your pictures all over the hallways of CAP. And so getting to spend this time with you in your home with your with your dogs and your cat. Uh, I, I might have to take Rusty home. He's sleeping on the equipment here. <laughs> but this is uh, this has definitely been a highlight of my day. And uh, thank you. Well, and- well, Freddie, I have to say it's been the highlight of my day too. <laughs> Wonderful to have you here. And, and thank you for, for helping us to spread the message to the community. Absolutely. And uh, the website, by the way, I'd be remiss if I didn't give it to you. Cap, C-A-P, the number four pets.org, cap4pets.org. You can take a tour. You can come on by. Shelter hours, Monday through Thursday, noon to five. Friday through Sunday, 11 to five. You come by, you fill out an application, you interact with your with the animal who might just be rescuing you and your family, and it's all thanks to the work they do at Citizens for Animal Protection. Is there one more thing I could say real quick? You can say whatever I, you want. I just, 
I just want to thank West Houston Subaru. Uh, West Houston Subaru uh, has made it possible. They they underwrite special needs animals. Yes. They underwrite adoptions so that they're either 50% off or sometimes 100% where, where people can come. And, and I like that because the adopters have the option then to go spend money on beds and food and toys and bowls and so forth. So, and they also give us a car for raffle every year, which we hope people will will call call in and buy one of the raffle tickets. Uh, I have a Forester and I love my Forester, and so we have a raffle going. Uh, the raffle tickets are only fifty dollars to win a brand new car from West Houston Subaru. So I hope people will look on our website and buy a ticket. Absolutely. Frank and Gloria, we love you all um, because they have been long, long, long. To give you an idea of just how long they have been supporters, they have supported the adoption of more than 15,000 animals. Yes, yes. That is huge. Incredible, incredible. And also, I want to mention that Gloria has started a dog walking team at West Houston, and they come over, I believe, twice a month with their West Houston shirts and volunteer on them. So, yes, yes. we, we are so grateful. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this and you want to do some team building with your coworkers, uh, Citizens for Animal Protection can always use the volunteers. Cappy, again, thank you so much. Thank you, Freddie. Hey, it's me. I'm back with a quick little nudge. If you enjoyed this podcast as much as I did putting it together for you, then please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe to the newsletter at cruisethroughhtx.com and share with your family and friends. Thank you.